if we do our work now, like if we make the investment now oh, on the front end, please, like, Lord, as hard as it is sometimes, <laughs> you know, to really remember what our values are and to remember, you know, what the long term this is this is long term play, mm-hmm. but the hope is that this will serve us right. in the future, right. and so that is why we want to share it with you all. Welcome to This Whole Life, a podcast for all of us seeking sanity and sanctity, and a place to find joy and meaning through the integration of faith and mental health. I'm Kenna Malay, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I'm with my husband, Pat Malay, a Catholic speaker, musician, and leader. We invite you to our kitchen table. Okay, not literally, but but you're definitely invited into the conversations that we seem to keep having once the kids have scattered off to play and we're left doing the dishes. We're excited to share this podcast for educational purposes. It is not intended as therapy or as a substitute for mental health care. So let's get talking about this whole life. It is this whole life, and it is great to be with you again today, good listener. How are you doing out there, and how are you doing right in front of me, my love? <laughs> <laughs> I am good. I am good. Our people are tucked in, and we are enjoying some belated anniversary sparkling beverage. We are. And um, yeah, it is It is good, as long as we can record this episode before you melt into a puddle of butter <laughs> um, up in our non-air-conditioned attic space on like maybe the hottest day of Minnesota summer in 2023. Um, yes, we're good. happy belated anniversary to you, yes. my dear. Yeah, yes, it was great. 14 you. years ago, we were in driving... Belize. Driving through, it's a funny story actually out there, listeners. Someday we will regale you with the tale of how we got from the airport in Belize City to our cabana in southern Belize because it was a little harrowing and it was a little dicey. <laughs> it was a be... test. Like, are you going to be my knight in shining armor? Like, <laughs> like, this was the question. 30 hours you into passed. marriage. And I was Good. like, well, protecting my bride. I guess this is the way it starts. Because we shouldn't have taken that right turn. (laughs) We were never in physical danger at all, but it certainly felt like we were probably three or four times. Yes. Uh. So this this sparkling beverage was meant to be consumed days ago, but this is what it's like to have children and toddlers specifically, which is what this episode is actually about. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. But before we get to that fun little topic, a few little like housekeeping things. Okay. So housekeeping thing number one, lots of gratitude uh, for where this podcast has gone in the past, what, nine, 10 months that we've been doing this thing. Yeah, Yeah. Which is so fun and so great. Specifically though, gratitude for a few things. Gratitude number one for reaching our 25,000th download. 25,000th download. It's like a milestone. I don't know. That it's is. pretty great, right? It's an even number. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's got a lot of zeros behind it. <laughs> I'm glad to hear you're excited, as excited <laughs> no, as I, just I am. Like... <laughs> It's an even number. (laughs) It is. It is a significant number. I am with you. (laughs) Kenna is grateful too out there. I promise she is. Uh, So number one, thank you all for that. Thank you for you listening and adding to the number of downloads. It's great. It it helps us when you share the podcast and get some great ideas, great resources, great prayers out into the world. So thank you for that. Let's also just be real. Like it's encouragement, right? Like as we sit up here in this house, hot attic right and we're like is this valuable it seems that someone out there someone's right out there are are like appreciating this and maybe right. coming back for more so um yes it the number is significant but it really is just encouragement um because we really do offer this as ministry right um this like this is not monetized and so right. um we are here because we feel called and we hear that you all desire to know more so i remember uh, seeing on social media ryan o'hara who was one of our guests on this podcast about his experience of fostering and adoption and the mental health consequences and circumstances of that whole process he has his own podcast called better preach which is great totally recommend it uh but in on social media he was talking about how valuable it is to really actually do ratings and reviews for podcasts. And he said, yes, like it is about sharing the podcast and it's about bumping up the podcast in the ranking. So it's easier to find on Apple podcast or Spotify, whatever. But he said the most direct consequence is that it helps 
encourage the people creating the podcast who sometimes it's easy for us to feel like we're just shouting into the void, right? <laughs> yeah, like, you yeah. and I are here in a room. If no one ever downloads this, we will never be able to offer our resources to anyone at all. So it's really encouraging just to know that that folks are actually taking advantage of uh, the stuff that we've been given to. So that's number one. <laughs> number two, speaking of ratings and reviews, we have officially reached our 100th five-star perfect rating on Apple Podcasts. Ooh, how many one-star ratings? No, that's have? the thing. They're oh. all five-star. Oh, okay. We have I thought you were like, we're not going to count right the now. other 47. Can I be honest for a second? I kind of am excited for the first not five-star rating. Yeah. Because I feel like- What are you going to do? How are you going to react? I don't know. I feel like- Are you going to ask to take them out of coffee? Like, or that'll like... be when we will have arrived. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. when, when someone who isn't That's immediately true. excited about the integration of or faith like and mental health- Or like a friend health. or family member of ours. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> like... Oh, there are many now that are not- They oh, don't know okay. us at all, and okay. I don't know them, but- uh, I feel like that's going to be like some really honest person out there yeah. is like, it was pretty good. <laughs> I feel like that's going to be a really good milestone for us too. So anyway, thank you for all those who have rated us on any platform whatsoever. And especially uh, for you person, Hawk016, who were our most recent five-star review and uh, rating on Apple Podcasts. Good to see you. Thanks, Thanks. Hawk. Appreciate that. And uh, speaking of gratitude, we would love to express our gratitude for you out there, our good listeners, with a special giveaway that I think I hinted at maybe two or three episodes ago, something like that. But here's the deal. If you don't follow This Whole Life on Instagram, at This Whole Life Podcast, you're going to want to start because, let me give you a little background, we have developed a little resource, a little booklet called A Daily Mental Health Journal. And it's a faith-based journal that a person can use every single day to check in with their with their body, with their emotions, with their relationships, to do a little bit of like daily awareness, uh, daily attentiveness to what they are bringing to the world in their mental health and what they're experiencing. I mean, it's really a few of our episodes rolled into one. Mm -hmm, you know, it's the mm -hmm. emotions episode. It's the grounding episode. In the back, there are a tune and empower sheets um, that help you walk through a particular dilemma. Um, so there's a lot about boundaries in there and just the integration of the whole person. Um, so yeah, we, we took a lot of the, the greatest hits, so to speak, and stuck them all in a spiral bound journal for ease of use, even though it may not be as aesthetically pleasing as other ways of <laughs> binding that was a huge discussion you guys know that every detail was labored and pained over um so we are just super pumped yeah we've shared it with other groups that we've worked with um in our speaking and training um it's often available for sale when we're out speaking and training but we are going to give it away to you apparently Pat that's right <laughs> yes so what you need to do all you need to do is follow us on instagram and keep an eye out over the next few weeks for the official daily mental health journal giveaway we're going to have a giveaway. We're going to give away, I don't know, maybe two, three, five something daily mental health journals. And there will be just a simple uh, number of steps to qualify for the giveaway. So maybe we'll ask you to to share a post about the podcast or tag someone that you know in the comments of the post, something like that. Some good way to get the word out about what the podcast is all about and some great way to reward you for sharing the good news a, of Jesus Christ, and then secondarily, very much down the line of this whole life. So uh, look forward to that. It's going to be great. I'm excited to send you some stuff. It'll awesome. Be good yeah, good yeah. deal. Good idea, babe. Yep. Um, uh, well, what's what's going on with you? What's the high? What's the hard lately? Oh, you know, just hanging out. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, yeah. So my high and hard are related to last week. Um, so you and I, my bride, had the great opportunity to go to the Bronx in New York City last week and to do some work with a great organization that we've partnered up with called Seton Teaching Fellows. It's a, it's a ministry of Seton Education Partners. And it's a mission organization dedicated to teaching and catechesis and really kind of like mission work in schools. And they do great teaching, great support of kind of underprivileged schools in different cities around the country. So they're a great organization, super faith-filled. And you and I got to go do a couple days of training with the fellows about the integration of mental health and faith to prepare them for what could be a pretty intense year in mm -hmm. terms of... 
Yeah, if anyone knows anything about education in 2023, you know <laughs> that they, along with like the medical professionals out there, um, yeah. are just, yeah, like a, a lot has come on their shoulders. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. the reality mm-hmm. of needing to attend to their mental health, right. it's, it's paramount right. in this time. So right. anyway, sorry, I hijacked your No, high. that's okay. And for people of faith to be able to to understand their mental health in a way that makes sense and is kind of completed by their understanding of their role as disciples of Jesus too, you know? So, um, so it was great. It, it was great for many reasons. One of them was just spending time with the Seton staff and leadership and the fellows themselves, just amazingly oh. joyful, servant hearted, so cool. faith filled, just like fun people yeah. to be around too. Yeah. just like so, so joyful, so great. Um, but then because our anniversary was yesterday, as we record this, we decided to stick around the city for about a day and a half and to just do wonderful, joyful date related things for like 36 hours. It was Sightseeing great. Yeah. And all the cliche New York City things. Oh my things. goodness. Yes. Yeah. We went to the- Eating to, so much food. Oh, Little Italy in the Bronx. <sighs> we went to Manhattan and ate lox bagels. We- Went to Central Park, the Met. It was your idea of all things to go to a Yankees game, which was spoke to my heart in yes. a pretty significant yes. way. This it girl still got some beautiful. tricks up her sleeve. <laughs> what was your favorite thing that we did in New York City? Um, favorite thing probably probably going to the Met. Um, it's just so it, it's just not something we do very often to go into a museum. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I, I think I learned new things about you by the, by the art that you're drawn to and by your interpretation of it. And, um, yeah, it just, it brings something different alive in us and between us. So yeah. Love what it. about you? Yeah. We I hadn't talked about this. I know. Tell me about it. Mine is, I think kind of a tie. My, uh, one of them was going to this church that we got kind of a hot tip about from one of the leadership at, uh, Seton teaching fellows that he said, basically like everyone goes to St. Pat's. St. Pat's is beautiful. You you can't say anything bad about St. Pat's. But in my opinion, he said, St. Vincent Ferrer, this little church on the east side of Central Park in kind of midtown Manhattan, that is even more beautiful than St. Pat's Cathedral. And it's like less touristy. You know what I mean? So we looked it up. They had a 1210 daily mass. So we went and it was really beautiful. And it was just quiet. There were like yeah. 15 of us at daily mass. And like, sure, I really wish there would have been more people at daily mass. But very peaceful to just pray and look and take pictures yeah, and it oh, definitely it didn't i mean there wasn't lovely. anyone taking tours in right. the middle of right. in the middle of mass oh which... so that was great yeah and then the yankees game was great i i've been to yankee stadium one time before it was to go to mass with pope benedict when he oh, came to right. the united states oh my gosh that's in, right i think 2008 so what a weird it was gathering. a funny juxtaposition <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's i'm trying now having been in yankee stadium i'm just like trying to imagine going to mass there with the holy father i did have a little beer this time which was significantly <laughs> different than the first time i was there <laughs> but it was great you were very generous and kind and you were asking me lots of baseball questions yeah and oh my I got goodness to regale you with all my wisdom and you pretended like you were interested it was very kind of you it was i'm great. like a mom of baseball players and i gotta understand this stuff i have to sit through a lot of games i might as well understand what the hey is going yeah. on out there <laughs> Oh my goodness. Uh, so my high was the New York trip for all the different reasons that we got to go. Um, my hard is that uh, we came home and coming <laughs> home is not the hard part. I made that sound like dramatic and terrible more than it just like as a joke. Uh, I really was looking forward to come home and I missed our kids. But while we were gone, our kids were being cared for by amazingly joyful, positive, great friends and nannies and caretakers who were helping take care of our children while we were gone. It it takes a whole army of them. It does, yes. (laughs) But apparently, no one is the same as mom and dad. And what they did, I think we've talked about this, you know, I I think I, I would prefer it this way than the alternative. They kept all their emotional kind of struggle and Emotional. They're angst. They kept all their, their toddler angst. angst. They kept it all tied inside <laughs> for four days while we were gone. And then we came home and they were happy to unleash it upon us. Yes. Amidst <laughs> the hugs and the snuggles and yes. the what have you. But it was like Velcro. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So yes. we're doing a little like emotional reclamation yes. in the Malay house right now. Lots of quality time. Yes. Lots of like reading 4 and Like 4 a.m. wake ups. And That's like, right. mom, I just need to be with you, even though it's four in the morning and you wanted to sleep for another Our hour. Children and a half. telling us, yeah, 12 hours 
hours is not enough. I yes. need 16 hours of you today. Yes. So I'm going to wake up at 4.30 and we're going to start this party now. Yeah. yeah. It's just, ooh, it's uh, difficult at times. So what about you? High yes. and hard? Um, yeah, I, I think my high and hard, two sides of the same coin. Um, the hard is that we have, so we have seven children at this moment, 12 years down to three years. And you you think like, oh, nine years, seven kids, like, oh, like they're generally in a, in the same place. Like, you, you know what to expect. Like you were just there with the older ones in that stage. And, but it just, it really does feel like a vast difference from top to bottom, like their needs right now. And the, and like the way that I, I find myself thinking about their needs and, you know, with the older one, older ones considering like, okay, is this a place where I need to give them space? Is this a Mm -hmm, place where mm -hmm. I need to not ask so many questions? Is this a place where they're really trying to flex their autonomy muscles And, and that's healthy and good and developmentally appropriate. And then with the littles of like, okay, like how can I step out of work? And the moment I walk in the door, like be ready to just read and ride bikes and play in the backyard and, you know, just make snacks on on repeat um yeah it there's just a lot of needs and they're different and i don't know why i thought that it would be different than it is but it it's hard and it's really challenging my mind i i told you the other day pat that i find parenting really easy on the weekends because mm-hmm. i've mm-hmm. got so many more hours in the day to to meet all of those needs and the weekdays are limited like i'm at work during you know the work day and so that's hard. Um, so I'm just, I'm realizing that and summer just seems to compound all of that yep. with everyone being home all at once. Yep. Um, the high, on the other hand, is is the diversity of needs and is how fun it is to go from, you know, the toddlers um, who really do just want so much physical affection and are pretty physically demanding and emotionally so as well, but, um, and, and just, you know, want to read, want to play. But then with our older kids wanting to, um, you know, they want to watch shows with us and they want to try new things, bake something new or um, create a piece of art with us or, you know, just, yeah, there there is also this beauty in the diversity of where our kids are at mm-hmm. right now yep. developmentally as well. So, um, yeah, high and hard is I, I'm just, I'm really on, I'm on like 150%. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and that is exhausting. And it's also like, totally where i'm called to be so the high and the hard yeah and yeah and thinking about those needs rolls us into parenting of of little people yeah of toddlers (laughs) specifically which by the way maybe i'll make a plug that like there's a lot of things in here as i'm looking at like our 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 10 hot tips that we're about to share um that are I think would be easily transferable to teenagers as well. Like I literally was thinking that like yeah, an hour ago. That's yeah, really funny. Like it yeah. needs to be modified for sure, right? You've got to do some work to think about how it, it needs to uh, be fitted to that age. But I don't even know that it needs to be modified that much. I mean, like <laughs> the examples are different, but it really is just like, I think this will serve us well for another 20 years, frankly, these well, tips. Yeah. And you and I talk about this a lot that like, we, we pray, we hope, we don't know yet because like I said, our oldest is only 12. Um, but we, you know, now having gone seven, gone through or being in the midst of seven toddlerhoods of seven different unique souls and temperaments and characters, um, that if we do our work now, like if we make the investment now oh, on the front end, please like, Lord, as hard as it is sometimes, <laughs> you know, to really remember what our values are and to remember, you know, what the long term this is this is long term play, because mm-hmm. um, in the moment, man, it just feels so tempting to like, you know, scrap the plan, like, um, and just yes, you can watch the fourth grab, movie of the day, yeah, That's fine. and just yes. grab the low hanging fruit. <laughs> um, but the hope is that this will serve us right. in the future, right. and so that is why we want to share it with you all. And we are happy to bring you ten of our parenting of toddler tips in all humility, because I don't know if you have heard person listening right now that I sometimes struggle in parenting toddlers. <laughs> I was talking Get to somebody here. about the podcast and I was telling them that I have to be sure that I don't take the low hanging fruit of my hard being the parenting of toddlers. Because frankly, the way that I'm wired, I could do that every episode, right? And this person was very honest. They were they were saying like, you don't say that too much, but 
it's enough. You, you <laughs> we, don't, we you got don't the have point. to say it anymore. Yeah, <laughs> we, got the point. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> so I say that because uh, please don't imagine that if you walked into our home on a typical like Thursday afternoon or evening, that you would walk into a quiet haven oh, of no. peace and serenity. Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. No, this is just a real house with real people that that shout sometimes. And so. are still trying to figure it out. <laughs> oh, my God. But are highly motivated to do it better every day. So. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, there's that that real practical piece of, Pat, you have been really vulnerable and transparent with us, certainly with me and our marriage, about the impact that that parenting willful toddlers has on your mental health, like what mm-hmm. it does to your sense of um, alignment and congruence of your thoughts, your behaviors, your intentions, your emotions. And even just my sense of worth, like in the mm. moments where I don't parent well, mm-hmm. it's so easy to just like move into boom, shame. Oh my gosh. Shame town. Yeah. Shame <laughs> Population spiral. one, just you know, fall down. just like I'm a terrible dad. I'm a terrible person. I'm a terrible Christian, whatever, you know? Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, there's that piece of the mental health of like anecdotally, right? This very real example that we have lived. Um, and then there's also the fact that um, what what we experience when we parent toddlers and what our toddlers are going through is developing healthy, hopefully secure attachment. And when I say attachment, I don't, I don't so much mean attachment parenting. That is an offshoot of attachment theory, mm-hmm. um, as it was developed by Bowlby and Ainsworth. But, um, but the idea of a secure base um, parent being that 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 safe space, that haven, um, that toddlers come to, that children come to, that gets transferred to our peers as we become teenagers and adolescents, and then it transfers to our spouse or our community as we move into our vocations. Um, But it really starts with the parent relationship. I mean, it begins before toddlerhood. It begins instantly um, in that parent-child relationship. But um, that the toddler years are the ones that really test it um, because that baby is so sweet and so innocent. We can see its innocence. And in, in the toddler years, we're like, wait a minute, that gleam in your eye <laughs> doesn't yeah, feel like you're right, so innocent right, right. anymore. <laughs> um, so so we are also coming at this through um, the psychotherapy lens of attachment theory. Um, yeah. So we've got the, the practical as well as the theoretical yep. um, in these 10 hot tips that really are born out of some of our mistakes and like, oh, <laughs> uh, like face palming um, moments. We learned the hard way. Yeah. Yes. School yeah. of hard knocks in parenting. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so whether you have toddlers of your own, if you have, you know, three or four year old kids, whether you are maybe the aunt or uncle of toddlers and you just love your nieces and nephews and you want to be able to care for them as well as possible, if you are a priest who cares for little ones just among the people in your parish. If you uh, want to have toddlers one day, if you have older children and a lot of these principles still apply, here we go. 10 hot tips. You keep using the phrase for parenting of toddlers. Um, You kick us off, babe. I would love to kick us off. Tip number one, connection before correction with my spouse and with my children connection before correction. Um, There was a a moment a while ago where one of our toddlers was sitting on a chair and kind of almost like a stool that was kind of high up. And so if they fell off, there could be a minor, not major, but a minor injury that happened, right? So I had told this child, sweetie, don't sit up on that big, tall stool. You need to go sit on one of the little chairs so that it's safer so you don't fall off. So I asked this child about four or five times to get off the big stool, go sit on the little kid chair. And then 30 seconds later, the big stool falls over. She falls, is not significantly injured, but like has an owie and is crying, right? And I had to fight every temptation in my fallen human body that wanted to say, the the magic words, I told you so, right? oh. <laughs> or some iteration of that, yeah. right? Like, see, sweetie, oh. that's what I was saying. Like any version of it's that. It's like right there. It's right exact, on the tip of my tongue so easy, when things right? like that happen. It's so true. <laughs> because what I'm trying to tell them is I was right and you were wrong. You know what I mean? Um, that is true. I was right about that situation, but that does not serve the moment that I'm in. That doesn't help my child in this situation right now. So instead, 
I fought that deeply fallen urge in me and I just scooped up our kid and I picked her up and I said, oh my gosh, that looks like it hurts. Where where does it hurt? Gave her a kiss on the owie. So really going for the connection. Going for the connection, right? Connection before like, correction, right? And it do, the tip isn't connection without correction, yeah. right? Because then after I calmed her down, we sat on the couch, we had kind of gotten to a place where I knew she wasn't really hurt. She knew she wasn't really hurt. We were together again on this. Then when I stood up again, I said, now, darling, we're going to sit in the little chair. Okay. Because I don't want you to be hurt again. I love you and I don't want to see you be yeah. hurt like this. Well, and it's easier for her to receive that connect that correction, sorry, when she knows how much you love her and mm-hmm. how much you care about her. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had yeah, held her in that place of upset and um and and tried to give the correction, then like she couldn't have even heard you. Her nervous system would have been so dysregulated right. she wouldn't have been able to hear you. It's the old youth ministry adage that my good friend Gina taught me years ago, they will never care how much you know unless they know how much you care, mm, right? Yeah. That like if they don't believe that you love them, that you care about them, no matter what they do, why in the world would they listen to your lectures about what to do with their life? You know yeah. what I mean? And that applies for every age group. I was going to say, with wow, teenagers right there, <laughs> right? right now. Yes. <laughs> so oh. connection before correction, number one. All right, number one. All right, number two, um, empathy, empathy, empathy. Um, and I... I I say empathy and I mean being able to respond with compassion to what the emotion, the desire that the toddler is presenting and knowing that that's not the same thing as acquiescing to what they want. Their their request may be unreasonable. I want that chocolate bar. Um, it's nine o'clock at night. You just brushed your teeth, and by the way, you had ice cream. You know this this evening after and they dinner. Put you a bed an hour ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I found you rummaging in the freezer. Um, so so, but the the oh, I know, I know that chocolate bar looks so yummy, honey. We can talk about having that another time. But that that feeling of being seen and being heard, that's so important. Again, when I think about attachment theory, um, you know, one of the one of the fundamental questions that a secure attachment solves is, am I worth it? Mm-hmm. Am I worth being listened to? Are my needs and wants again, I'm not questioning how rational and reasonable your three year old's needs and wants are, but like right. this is a this is a big picture question. Um, and so empathy, really allows us to communicate like, yes, you matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and that mm-hmm. is not the same thing for us as parents to have to give in to the whims of a three-year-old. We do, right. we do not want three-year-olds running the world. That is not how this was designed. Right. Um, it is our job to bring them up into reason and to help them become rational um, beings who make great choices. But but yeah, that that empathy. So empathizing with their emotion and their experience, even if their behavior needs to be corrected, redirected, guided in a different direction, things like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's validation. You know, even when I come to you, Pat, I can think of last week when um, I, something had happened interpersonally with me and a friend and I showed you a message and I was like, this has really rubbed me the wrong way. And you were like, I, I absolutely can understand why this is upsetting to you. I don't see it in the same way that you do, but I can I can see how important it is to you. I can see how upsetting this is to you. Mm -hmm. That Mm -hmm. validation. It's important to us as adults. Like we can imagine how that is to be such a small person and to feel so powerless in our world. That empathy is power. It is powerful to be seen. Right. Yep. I may not feel the way you do, but you're not crazy or wrong for feeling the way that you do. Yeah. Sure. I love that. Mm. Number three, uh, physically get down on their level emotionally do not get down on their level. (laughs) (laughs) And it's pretty obvious what that means on, on the face of it. Right. Um, there's so much value and even research that, that folks have done about getting down at eye level with a toddler, with a young child and being able to speak to them in a way that is not truly as equals because as parents, we are always in charge. We always are. Right. That power differential is always real, but to, show them that we are willing to be with them and like almost partners with them in a project, even one that's really difficult for them and maybe for us too. So getting down on their level, getting down on one knee, sitting on the floor with them. And that gets, it doesn't get any easier every year that goes by with toddlers, but still doing my best. 
uh, but emotionally staying in an adult posture. So having the emotional regulation of an adult and not that of a toddler. So what would happen if you flip that on its head? Well, it would, what would happen is you would end up looking like I have looked sometimes, which is towering over a four-year-old mm. and telling them, I told you seven times to brush oh. your teeth. Is like, Oh. scary to me how fast I can go there though. Yeah. Like you say this and I'm like, well, yeah, of course, totally. I've seen other people do it. It makes sense. I know how good it feels when I do it, but you're right. Like it is so easy to go there if we're not intentional and thinking mm-hmm. about this principle mm-hmm. of being at their level physically, staying above them emotionally. Because we're, I'm, we're when we get down on physically on their level, we're connecting with them on an emotional level, but even physically, just eye to eye. And at the same time, we are modeling for them the kind of emotional regulation that we want to help them mature in as they grow. So when I feel really angry because you, four-year-old, are not doing the thing I've asked you to do 70 times, what am I going to do with that anger? The anger isn't bad by itself. Go back to our emotions episode. But what am I going to do with that anger? What, what I would like to do is I'd like to show you what someone does with their anger. And they can tell the person, you know what, I'm feeling really frustrated right now because I've been clear that we have to do this so we can get to mass on time or whatever the thing is, you know. So like calling them up to your level Mm, emotionally. I mean, not expecting that they'll be there, correct? but modeling that, like you said, (laughs) witnessing that in the hopes that they will move more toward you versus you coming down to them. Correct. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. 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 That makes a lot of sense when you say it like that. A little more every day. Yep. (laughs) Do you think I'll be better at it tomorrow? (laughs) Time will tell. Prayers. Prayers. Yep. (laughs) All right. So number four, um, I love this one. Prioritizing things that bring you joy with your toddler. So right now it is summer, um, particularly. So when I think toddlers, I know technically we we have a we have a newly minted six year old. Um, I think he is technically a toddler um, in in developmental psychological terms, um, but he is moving on to kindergarten. So I think more of our preschoolers, who we have the twin four year olds and then the three year old. And right now it is summer, and they are loving riding their bikes, and. It's so fun to watch them master this new skill, Mm -hmm. which like I didn't do till I was like six. Brand new skill. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. And was like so terrified, like had knee pads and elbow pads and like all sorts of things (laughs) and wore like sweats, sweatsuit. (laughs) Or your your parents were just safe parents. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. As my kids today, it was so hot. I was like, just go in your underwear and a t-shirt. Like don't even, (laughs) don't even look for shorts. Like it's not even worth it right now. Um, But, um, but. But that brings me joy. And so today I told you, Pat, I texted you before I left work. I said, okay, here's my plan. I get off work at four o'clock. I mean, I was working in the attic. I was like, I'm going to head down and spend 45 minutes until you get off of work, r- like riding bikes with them or like helping them ride their bikes. I'm just going to play with them and I'm just going to enjoy them because to be honest, dinner and bedtime is really flipping hard right now. Yeah. The sun is still out. Like brothers are away at camp. Like it's just, it's just a weird time. And I just, I know that it's going to be difficult. Yeah. And so I'm going to fill the tank. I'm going to have a proactive strategy of let's do something that brings me joy and that this is going to sound really harsh, but like reminds me why I like you so much. Like <laughs> I always love them. I always love them. Correct. I would lay down my life for them. No questions. Correct. But do I always like them? <laughs> like I laid down my life for you. I just don't want to be in the same room with you right now. <laughs> sometimes. <Yeah>. Sometimes. <laughs> um, so find what brings you joy being with your toddler. Um, for me in the winter, that is definitely snuggling under a big blanket and reading a book. And so most mornings and most evenings, I prioritize that even three minutes. But it just, it fills the tank and it it's kind of like a quick date with your spouse, you know, that that reconnection, like, oh, yes, I see you and I remember why I love you and, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and all of that, you know, a heart emojiized thing. And so that is what we want to do. We want to encourage you to think about like, what is that for you um, that brings you joy? Love that. Love that. Yep. Yep. And it takes intentionality too, which I appreciate a lot. Yep. Number five, taking a curious posture with your little ones, uh, which may involve asking questions instead of making assumptions. So you're already laughing because you know the story that I'm going to tell. So a little backdrop. Um, our children, God bless them, 
are notorious for two things. Number one, waking up before you and I ever could hope to. And number two, wreaking havoc upon the household before while, while we are still while the cat is away. Exactly. Uh, there was a notorious Easter a few years ago where one of our children woke up on Easter Monday, the day after Easter. And we didn't know until 45 minutes later that this child had consumed every last piece of candy Just in their basket. through the basket. And the backyard was strewn about as if with confetti, the wrappers of candy that had been eaten in about 20 minutes. If you're wondering if the bunny brings less candy these days, the answer is yes. <laughs> that was a hard learning for me. So in the back of my mind, I've been conditioned by those situations, right? That when I come downstairs, I am ready to mm. confront a problem poised that, with assumption that is the beginning <laughs> the first thing i see in the morning when i open my eyes is something i need to correct a children and reprimand a child for right so one day a few months ago i was coming downstairs and i all i heard coming down the stairs was the sound of paper crinkling like wrappers like paper and i was like you have got to be freaking kidding me just like stewing and furious and just thinking back to all the other days that we've come across like eating candy and breaking yeah. things and whatever getting, right? getting into stuff they shouldn't oh yeah. my gosh so this is so i'm trying to come down the stairs calmly but it's not working and i am prepared to like unleash the the fury of god upon the children who have gotten into who knows what right and i come downstairs and there's still sounds of paper and downstairs i i was prepared actually to start yelling before i even got downstairs oh, sure. right that's, that's i wanted strategy. them to hear me coming right <laughs> but instead i didn't which was really important and valuable because i come downstairs and four of our children are awake and they are quietly peacefully lovingly folding paper airplanes okay that is so sweet <laughs> Together. That's so cute. As a joint effort. And they were just throwing paper airplanes harmlessly around the living room. And it was the cutest thing I've ever seen. And had I made the assumption and followed through with the assumption, I would have done a really maybe hurtful thing to our children yeah. by yelling at them for no reason. And worse than that, assuming the worst of them, right? But instead, I had, again, Holy Spirit, five-second moment of grace of like, well, let's just see what problem they're causing this time. Turned out, no problem at all, right? Now, as humans, it's really second nature for us to get conditioned by past experiences. So if we've been burned by a person, by a spouse, by a teenager, by a toddler, it is very difficult and understandably difficult to imagine that they could ever be different, right? But our life... As people who need the mercy of God every day is defined by people who need second chances, right? So it's really valuable for us as parents to be, be able to give our toddlers second chances, eighth chances, 27th chances. Maybe tomorrow will be different than it was today, right? Well, and I love what you're bringing up too, Pat, around um, like how hurtful and harmful that would have been to communicate this message of daddy assumes the worst of you. I mean, you know, that's kind of a generalization, but yeah. like, and so I think again about attachment theory, that one of the things that develops when when we have a secure attachment with our children is, is the answer to the question, what does the world expect of me? Mm -hmm. What does the world think of me? And so when you have that curiosity posture versus the assumption, and like, I assume you're doing the bad, I assume you're doing the wrong um that curiosity posture it it gives room for number one the child to show up authentically yep. but number two it it answers that question of i i assume the best of you over and over again even though for the last 72 days you've you've led me to believe that you'll be up creating mischief right. before <laughs> before the, the rooster crows so um i love that and i love how sound that is in creating strong solid attachment mm-hmm all right, so number six. Number six tip is take a breath and take a break. Um, you mentioned earlier, Pat, in one of your tips about staying above, emotionally staying above our toddlers. And as as adults, right, with fully cooked brains, our brains are fully developed around age 25, 26, we have the capacity to to 
to attune to ourselves and to slow things down and and take a break, mm-hmm. take a breath, mm-hmm. give ourselves the space we need so that our responses, our reactions, our choices are in alignment with our values. And we certainly, I mean, everyone listening here, I can absolutely assume that you value um, connection with your child. You value reflecting to them the love of God um, that, that you feel for them. Um, we know that. And so, Taking that breath and taking that break gives us an opportunity to remember that because otherwise it's too easy, right? You just talked about a stimulus response situation, Pat. Right, right. The stimulus, the crinkling paper, the response, I'm going to holler at you from up at the top of the steps. Um, But when we take that breath and break, we remember like, oh, that's right. This is... This is actually who I want to be. My human nature would say, holla, but like what I'm actually desiring to do is to like give you the space to surprise me pleasantly hopefully um and and to show you that i assume the best of you and i give you the benefit of the doubt um so really training ourselves in those moments of dysregulation um training ourselves to notice what is it for you for me it's my jaw my jaw is my dead giveaway of (laughs) like i am in a dysregulated state and the children know that worse than mom yelling is mom talking through clenched teeth and i know (laughs) that worse than mom yelling is mom talking through clenched teeth um and so disciplining ourselves to take a breath and take a break. And sometimes that means that the mess continues for another 30 seconds. And it it really, it was a challenge for me to justify maybe walking away, nothing life-threatening, right? I'm not if there is a knife being wielded by a toddler, like, please go get it. Please take it from your child. Yes. yes. But, but, you know, I walk in and I am so, I cannot believe that they have dumped out the bottle of olive oil or whatever the thing was the other day yeah, yeah. that they did. And, um, and when I'm aware that like my knee jerk response is not one that I'm going to be proud of in 10 minutes, even stepping away and knowing that a bigger mess may be made in the long run, that is the greater value. The greater value isn't a smaller mess, less time spent on cleaning up the olive oil. Like it really is about this relationship and what is it that I'm communicating to you about who you are and your dignity and your worth. Yep. Um, yeah. So something as simple as that, and I know it's so cliche for a therapist to tell you to take a break and take a breath, um, <laughs> but here I am. Here I am. There you go. Punch that card. Okay. Numero siete. Number seven. Behavior demonstrates a need. So asking the question, okay, if if my toddler is exhibiting a behavior that I don't like, or if it's just an objectively wrong or bad behavior, right? Hitting, biting, yelling, stuff like that. What is their behavior telling me? And again, this works for all ages, by the way. <laughs> what is the behavior telling me? Um, a couple of our children a few years ago went to occupational therapy, which I was surprised to learn is not about learning how to do your job again after you get injured, which is what I thought it was for about 38 years of my life. But they went to occupational therapy, which I learned was actually about uh, bodily and emotional kind of whole person integration of helping people just live life in a in a more cohesive manner, right? And it was really fruitful, really beneficial for our kids. Maybe we'll do a whole other episode about that someday. But one of the greatest takeaways from OT was that if our child is doing something that's damaging, destructive, uh, over the top, dysregulated, whatever, if they're yelling, if they're throwing things, if they're um, asking us for help with jobs that they know exactly how to do by themselves independently, what are those behaviors showing me? Um, well, if they're yelling, it may mean that their emotions are dysregulated and they don't know how to calm themselves. So in order to help their emotions settle down, a lot of times we have to help them along the path of helping their bodies settle down, letting their bodies lead the way so their emotions can calm down too. So we got great tips from our OT about giving them like difficult, good, like chewing type work with their mouth, right? Of drinking something thick, like an, like applesauce through a straw or chewing gum if they're old enough, or we, we keep gummy bears in the freezer so they can get really hard gummy bears in their mouth and just work on those for about five minutes, you know, and it is as tempting as it may be to think of it this way. It is not just 
putting something in that loud mouth making noise <laughs> so it stops making noise. Uh, 30 seconds of reprieve. <laughs> no, it's about helping their body to settle down by doing hard work so their emotions can settle down. Because that behavior, right? the yelling, we assume was demonstrating a need. Like exactly. something's going on in here that I need. Okay, I, gotcha. and I don't know how to communicate it. So I'm just going to get bigger and louder until you understand what I need. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if one of our kids is throwing things at a sibling, usually um, they may just need heavy work with their bodies. Maybe they have kind of agitation in their muscles and they don't know what to do with it. So they just start throwing Legos for no reason. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, uh, we would, we have been known to have our children carry laundry baskets full of useless, just random things from room to room to do quote unquote important jobs for us. Right. Yes. Of just like carrying stuff, pushing heavy things, pushing their siblings around in a laundry basket around the house, mm-hmm. that kind of heavy work. Well, it also reminds me, this just came to mind that, um, one of the things that we'll do too, if there's arguing and fighting, this is admittedly for older kids, um, primarily that I will do this, but I will distract them with a totally new activity that they get to do together. Um, but something to, to change the pace, change the course and, and hopefully move them in a new direction. Yep. But I, I take that fighting as a need of like, we are bored and we are picking at each other. Um, and so one night they, the kids had just driven me crazy. And so I sent two of them out to go run laps That's right. around yeah. the, around the block. <laughs> and our neighbors who were newer to town sweetly sent us a text message and thought our kids were running away from home, which I don't even know now that I think about it. Like, what does that say about our parenting that they like, right. they were like, we know your kids are probably susceptible to wanting to run away from home. Um, and so text us and they were like, we see your kids running down the alley. Do you want us to go catch them? Yep. Um, I think I saw them going toward Butler. Um, and we were like, actually, that's just like a parenting strategy we have um, for them to go to go like vent and and physically literally burn off some of that energy, that right. pent up angst that they were expressing toward each other. Because I, I hear that fighting as demonstrating this need that you've got a lot of right. stuff yep. built up in there. The other day, uh, I was home with all of our kids and the, the four-year-old twins were fighting with each other. They're very much frenemies. They love each other until they don't. So they were fighting with each other. <laughs> and so I called one of them over and I said, hey, sweetie, can you help me with this? I don't know what it was. Like, can you help me put the peanut butter on the toast in the kitchen or something like that? Right. And our almost eight-year-old son goes, daddy, you're really good at changing the subject with people. <laughs> I was like, correct. <laughs> I have learned how to change the subject it only took very years. effectively. That's right. <laughs> so behavior demonstrates a need. How can I look beyond the behavior and try to meet the need that it's that that is being expressed? Awesome. Okay, number eight. Number eight. Start with one thing. Um, this is just a principle in general that I think can be used in all situations in life. Um, what is that low-hanging fruit that will help you experience progress and success? So taking some time to consider, starting with one thing, what is the hardest thing about this season of parenting? And address that one thing. I, I can remember a, a moment not that long ago when dinner time was for sure the hardest thing about that season. And we ended up, you and I talked, and we ended up hiring mother's helpers during the dinner hour, certainly mm-hmm. when you were working nights, when yeah, you were back in right, ministry, right. but even when when there were both of us there. Yeah. I mean, when we had three really small people, when, when our youngest was born and the twins were still just one, yep. um, dinner was, it needed seven adults for crying out loud. <laughs> was? Yes. <laughs> <it's> okay. <laughs> um, but- but um but being able to identify that and to to feel like okay i've made some progress i've i've addressed one thing otherwise this these seasons of of difficult parenting and of overwhelm and exhaustion can just feel like we're just calling it in and we're like i'm 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 just going to admit that i'm defeated and um i'm just going to hope to wake up in 7 years that something will be different i'll try again when you're 5 yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and and i'm just going to sleep through this time and it's like hey no like we are we are called we are promised the grace if we will cooperate with it um and what are the human resources that i can that i can use and call upon and i just i remember my ob 
um, you know, telling me as I was probably at a postpartum appointment or pregnant with the next child or whatever. And she was just like, is this a Chinette season, Kenna? And I was like, what? And she's like, is this a time when you need to eat off of paper plates? And dishes don't stress me out that much. So that wasn't the thing that I needed. Mm-hmm. But I definitely needed to address the, the dinner hour. Um, and so what is that in your life? Is it bedtime? Is it getting out of the, you know, out of the door to go to daycare and preschool and school? Like, what is that? Sit down, you know, take time to journal, talk about it with your spouse and brainstorm together. And and don't don't be quick to discount anything. Um, just get all the ideas on the paper and pick one thing um, that you're willing to to give some energy and and yeah, time toward. Love that. Just begin. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every journey begins with a single step. I do not remember who said that, but it is like on seventeen motivational posters in my high school. So there you go. There you go, guys. Cool. We're almost done. Here we go. Number nine. And the one that I am most susceptible to, the one that I struggle with most, probably, although some of these are close, how can I say yes? That's number nine. How can I say yes? If you think of the image of one of those finger traps, that's a little, you know, circle tube thing. Oh, like the woven. And you put the little woven, yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. strip, right? You put your fingers on either side, both index fingers, right? You put them into the tube on either side. And the trick, of course, is that the more you try to pull straight out, with your fingers, the tighter it grips your fingers. So the more you struggle, the more you try to control and dominate and just force your way out of it, the harder it's going to hold you in, right? Where instead, if you push in, it will relax its grip and then you can slowly, carefully get your fingers out of there, right? That idea of a power struggle defines my relationship with my toddlers many days. And unfortunately, my default mode a lot of times is the is the mode of no. You know, like they will ask something that is unnecessary, but it's also not unreasonable. Mm. And Mm. my default mode is that I am already at like a nine and a half out of ten on the anxiety o meter. So I don't have the room or the margin to deal with one more request, one more thing, you know, whatever it is. So my default mode is no, unless it's the most obvious yes in the world. And I'm working harder to flip that percentage, right? That my default mode is yes, even if I can't say yes to this exact thing that you are asking me in this moment, right? So a toddler comes to me, one of our kids says, daddy, can I have some ice cream? And I will say yes on Sunday, on Lord's Day, you can have some ice cream or a treat, right? Um, uh, Daddy, I want to play with that toy that she's playing with. Absolutely you can, buddy. In five minutes, I'm going to set the timer and we will take turns. You can play with that toy, just not in this very moment right now. So how can I be creatively say yes in any opportunity that I'm able instead of just shutting them down with a no every time they ask me, probably a pretty typical toddler related question. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. That's really good. I I have worked hard to have that mentality of yes and um I'm working on actually meaning it. <laughs> the children as they get older seem to um see through my mind games. Um and so I'm really trying to work on like, yeah, I get where that desire is coming from. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Um so, well, yeah. Well, and you are great at many parenting things, but the one that you are very very good at is the saying yes, right? And you're very good at helping to remind me like, okay, is it really a huge major problem if they play out in the backyard for 10 minutes before bedtime tonight, you know, just whatever the thing is. Like it's, it's, it's good to have that mindset in the same building as me to remind (laughs) me what I'm called to. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So last hot tip. Um, and yeah, this is, this is something that I learned early on in motherhood and I am a, I am a champ at this now. Um, and that is asking for help. (laughs) That is, um, thinking about how and who might be willing to support you in this season. Um, We are big fans of Mother's Helpers. So that is younger, um, you know, children. Um, So so I'd say probably middle school age. Um, So not, yeah, not, not ready to independently 
babysit, especially our brood, um, not ready for that. And also um, interested and and really good at maybe reading stories or playing Play-Doh or helping load the dishwasher. And having that additional set of hands um, is huge. We have a friend who is unbelievably generous and is an empty nester. And after we had, I, th- I think it was the, tw- I don't even know, the twins, maybe the seventh child. Pretty sure it was the twins. Was it yeah. twins? Came, because they were born in April, um, came and it was the end of winter. And she said, I'm going to gather up every piece of winter gear in your house and I'm going to take it to my house and I'm going to wash it and I'm going to bag it up and bring it to you and then it'll be ready for next year. I I didn't even know that that was a thing that was really helpful. Like, Ooh, God bless you, Jean. Yeah, <laughs> that was amazing. That was amazing. And so, um, you know, sometimes we are gifted with people who just show up like Jean did and, yep. and who offer those things. And other times we have to ask. Um, and the asking comes out of knowing, like, what would be helpful? I have friends who are like, it would drive me nuts to have a mother's helper in my house at dinner time. Like, just, I'm already stressed out as it is. I don't need someone, you know, feeling like I've got some one people in through the window, watching me at my worst moments of yeah, parenting. Right, like, right. okay, cool. I can understand that. But what would your thing be? What what resources are out there? What ways can you ask for help? Sometimes it's paid. Other times it's, you know, a, um, a I scratch your back, you scratch mine, you know, with friends and trading things. Um, but what is that? And, and being able to believe that not only are you worthy of asking for it, but that your children are and that your family is, um, and that this is, this is your village and it really does take a village to help raise these children as it should, as it should. This is, parenting should not be an isolated event. So shout out to our village, first of all, to all the the mother's helpers and babysitters and friends out there who love us to help raise these children. And speaking of creative ideas like this, creative solutions, our oldest child currently takes art lessons from a great friend of ours who painted the image on the this whole life stickers that we give out and are the hero image for our office and our website and she is teaching our daughter art in exchange for some time as a mother's helper so after their art lessons our daughter stays at their house plays with her kids so that our good friend sarah can just do things that she likes to do. I'm, I'm going to fold laundry in peace for about 45 minutes. I'm going to get some stuff cleaned up. I'm going to take care of some emails, whatever. It doesn't matter. But knowing that she's got a creative way to kind of get some help, it's it's really, really helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thanks for letting us share these 10 hot tips. Um, we Oh, we got to give a challenge by choice. Um, so yeah, yeah. our challenge by choice for today is to pick one of these strategies to incorporate into your parenting. And and Pat, as you have pointed out several times throughout this episode, this is not limited to toddlerhood. You know, we right. we don't feel like experts in anything in parenting, but we certainly feel well-seasoned when it comes <laughs> to toddlers. I can't speak to the newborn infancy because it was a blur. But toddlerhood, <laughs> I was I was more lucid at that point in, in the lives of our children. Speak for yourself. Um, so... <laughs> So, um, you know, picking a strategy, whatever stage of life you're in, um, we're going to put just the um, bullet points of these 10 on the show notes. So you can go back and review these 10 hot tips. Um, So picking one of those, starting with one thing um, and incorporating it into your parenting. And if you're really feeling like an overachiever today, um, let us know what you would add to this list. Um, You can, you know, send that to us through an Instagram uh, DM or through an email. um, on the website thiswholelifepodcast.com but but let us know because we don't imagine this is the last time that we will talk about this. Sometimes we speak to groups also um, on this topic and so would love to let this be a pool of wisdom, um, shared wisdom um, and strength there. So, And frankly, I need to keep getting better. So yeah, I would love your We've advice too, please. We've got several <laughs> toddler years left as I think about this. Okay, if toddler years end at six years old, we've got three years left. Yep. So um, yeah, send them our way, please. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Well, um, why don't we pray yes. and we can wrap this up and we can send you on your way, good friends, to hopefully be an even better parent tomorrow than you were today. And you were already really good today, even if there were a few slip ups along the way. <laughs> oh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we invite you into this moment, um, into our minds and our hearts and into our families as well. We invite you into 
especially the moments where it's difficult to to love and difficult to act in ways that are consistent with the call that you've given us to to raising and molding these souls that you've entrusted to us. So help us to grow in all the virtues that are required to be great parents, to be faithful and loving and merciful, to be patient and generous and kind, to be connected to the truth, to be connected to you, and to walk with our children toward you day by day. We ask all this, Jesus, as always, in your name. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Another episode in Ready, break. Yeah. Get out there and start raising saints. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Keep raising saints. (laughs) And let us know what has been helpful for you. Let us know what more you want to hear about. Reach out to us, as we said, on our website, thiswholelifepodcast.com. Instagram, This Whole Life Podcast, um, and on Facebook as well. Um, We look forward to another episode with you um, and sharing in this whole life. God bless you all. This Whole Life is a production of the Martin Center for Integration. Visit us online at thiswholelifepodcast.com. Unique New York. Unique New York. I did see a lot of unique things in New York, actually. (laughs) Real unique. Mainly in the fashion. Unique outfits. (laughs) I was really struck. I was really struck by the fashion.